Hi, this is Anne Gates, and today we're discussing the benefits of physical activity in the curricula. Joining us on this British Journal of Sports Medicine BJSM podcast today, which is kindly hosted by the University of East Anglia Faculty of Medicine and Health Sciences, are Mr Ian Ritchie, who's the past president of the Royal College of Surgeons of Edinburgh, a past contributor to the BJSM podcast series on physical activity, and who is working with me on the commission from Public Health England and Sport England to visit undergraduate medical schools in England. Also on the podcast is Professor Dylan Edwards, the Pro Vice-Chancellor of Faculty of Medicine and Health Sciences at the University of East Anglia, Professor Alice Burns, who's Course Director at Norwich Medical School, Dr Sarah Hansen, who's a lecturer in the School of Health Sciences here, and also joining us on the call will be Dr Anthony Davis, who's a Consultant Pain Clinician and Director of Clinical Studies at Plymouth University Peninsula School of Medicine, all to discuss what a physical activity curriculum means to their healthcare students and tomorrow's patients. Welcome, everyone. First, I'd like to ask Ian, what are the main aspects of the work that you're doing for Public Health England and Sport England? Thank you, Anne. This commission for English medical schools is very important because we know that around 20 million adults in the United Kingdom are inactive This puts them at much greater risk of non-communicable diseases, immobility and premature death. In fact, the level of sedentary behaviour is very high in the UK and evidence is growing that shows a sedentary lifestyle, irrespective of your level of physical activity, is strongly associated with poor cardiovascular and musculoskeletal health. Combined, these two risk factors present a considerable threat to an individual's health. Part of the solution is to ensure that all health professionals are given the tools to enable inquiry into a patient's level of activity and to provide advice to help them adjust their behaviours and lifestyle towards increased activity. That's why we are visiting with the medical schools and schools of health as part of the Public Health England strategy on moving professionals. Thank you, Ian. Alice, many thanks to UEA for kindly hosting this podcast. Can you please tell us why UEA is so keen to equip tomorrow's doctors and healthcare professionals with physical activity in the curricula? Thank you, Anne. Norwich Medical School is keen to facilitate and enhance the preparedness for practice in our medical students to tackle the burden of chronic diseases and to support patients in the NHS by making every contact count. Our undergraduate course is ideally placed to do this through its integrated structure, early patient contact in primary and secondary care, and a strong focus on consultation skills, including motivational interviewing. I'd like to welcome Professor Dylan Edwards, who's a Pro Vice-Chancellor at the University of East Anglia and Norwich. Thank you very much for joining us on this podcast. Professor Edwards, I'd like to hear your contributions around physical activity in the undergraduate curriculum. The Faculty of Medicine and Health Sciences itself is building a strong reputation in population medicine, health economics and diet and health and biomedicine. And as part of this, we place a strong emphasis on interprofessional cooperation in teaching and research. At UEA, one of our major research areas aims to understand the interplay of diet and physical activity in promoting health and healthy ageing. An important aspect is also how we can bring about behaviour change in individuals and and in organisations to embed exercise and activity in our work and lifestyles. So bringing this research-led knowledge into health curricula is really central to our mission. 
The UEA is committed to a major leadership role in disease prevention through diet and lifestyle interventions. To help translate this into health curricula for broader societal benefit, we've collaborated with seven acute and community healthcare trusts to establish UEA health partners, and we're now leading on global challenges projects to promote healthy living lifestyles in, in developing countries too. Thank you very much, Prof Edwards. Alice, would you like to come in there? Following on from Professor Edwards' points, physical activity, advice and support for patients, communities and society is incredibly important in our undergraduate teaching. I know that Norwich Medical School has one of the highest conversion rates into primary care in the country. How will physical activity in the curriculum enhance patients' benefits in primary care? Yes, teaching in primary care is a strong focus for the delivery of our curriculum. We're very keen to ensure that our doctors are equipped to seek to address the challenges of inactivity and immobility through our pioneering and boundary-breaking research, all to help build a better, healthier world. An example of this is highlighting the work of staff such as Dr Sarah Hansen, who is a lecturer in Nursing Sciences School of Health Sciences and who is a world-class lead on the health benefits of group-based walking. So a medical student knowing that group walking has key evidence-based health benefits and being able to offer these options in a consultation is incredibly important. Thank you, Anne. It's really good to have the opportunity to talk to you about physical activity and the health curriculum, as well as the walking research, which has had fantastic publicity since the BJSM publication. I'm also a lecturer here in health sciences and I'm integrating the importance of physical activity into our curriculum. Um, I know you have previously done the maths on the huge number of patient contacts a nurse might have in their working lifetime. I believe you calculate it around half a million patients in their working life? Yes. And I know when I use this in my lectures, it really makes the nurses think about the key role they have, not only uh, at the bedside in an acute setting, but also in community care-based settings where they have a real opportunity to influence behaviours. I also work with physios, occupational therapists, speech and language therapy students, and as a school, um, physical activity is very important to our students. We also have a large paramedic programme here at UEA, and these students are really interested in public health. They, of course, spend a lot of time in people's um, homes and often see the same patient on multiple occasions. They too are keen that public health in general and physical activity in particular is, is taught during their courses to equip their professionals with the skills in behaviour change and suggestions that they might make to their patients, such as increasing physical activity in their daily lives, promoting the importance of walking, things like walking groups, and keeping active um, and getting supportive help in physical activity, um, things such as joining walking groups and, and daily, daily walking activities. And it's not only primary care patients that will benefit. We know that surgical patients benefit enormously from being active before and after surgery. Yes, Ian, this is something we want very much to include in our undergraduate curricula. And the modular structure of our course gives us many innovative opportunities to promote this approach. Lifestyle advice is really important and should be a key part of the patient journey wherever the health consultation may be. Thank you. Perhaps we can now ask Dr Tony Davis from Plymouth Peninsula Medical School for their thoughts and ex experience on physical activity in the curricula. So, Tony, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. What is Plymouth Medical School doing around this and especially working around the collaborations required to link in with the local community? Thank you, Anna. 
for including the Peninsula School of Medicine in this discussion. Developing an ethos where social prescribing and in particular physical activity-based therapy is systematically incorporated into professional decision-making will require concerted input from both the educational and service sectors. The undergraduate curriculum, in my mind, is one key platform in this venture. So I'll now hand over to Richard Ayres, who is an academic GP in a deprived inner city practice and is lead for the Population Health Programme. He will describe our educational strategies here in Plymouth. Yes, thank you, Tony. Of course, we are now recognising that exercise is not only a preventative strategy, but also a therapy in its own right. And that's what we emphasise more in our curriculum. And like any other important area, it needs both a knowledge base and also clinical experience. And for us, we would like it to become a normal component of uh, history taking, for example, and we're trying to get our students to be aware that just as you inquire about smoking and alcohol, you make the same inquiries about exercise. The knowledge base uh, is built up in the same as other things through our lecture program and our uh, life science resource centre, and we have things in clinical skills as well. We run a PBL course, uh, and so we've taken the opportunity to add exercise into case studies. Within the Population Health Programme, uh, we include some epidemiology about uh, exercise within our city. And this is where we try and uh, get local information to uh, make it more interesting and relevant to our students. We're lucky because we run our Population Health Programme in association with the public health team in our city. So they're able to provide practical examples it's very important, though, for our students that they're able to put it into practice. And we have uh, a very community embedded curriculum so that our students are out there uh, doing things in the city. Uh, and we've had a number of opportunities, uh, some of which have been interprofessional as well. We've had a green gym project using uh, outside space and the fact that we're right on Dartmoor. There's been a blue gym project that the city has run using our waterscape and water environment. Another project called Stepping Stones to Nature. So there's been a number of um, projects and activities that our students have been able to get involved with, both with people in the city and also in an interprofessional manner with other students. Part of our routine curriculum includes students going out into the community. Uh, we have social engagement weeks. We have uh, student selected components uh, and some of those have been quite innovative. So we've had SSC units around dance and mime, for example. I'm pretty keen to try and find other forms of exercise than gym based ones, which are fairly widely available. Uh, a number of students come to my, my particular practice is in a fairly deprived area of the city and we run a lot of activities for the homeless in the city um, and we include exercise in that. There's a project called Everyone Active that we've been using, uh, which is gym based. And to conclude, we have some quite exciting ideas following the workshop. That was facilitated last month by yourself, Anne and Ian Ritchie. One of those is our participation in the very exciting celebration of the voyage of the Pilgrim Fathers, which of course left Plymouth in 1620. And we have the Mayflower 2020 uh, celebrations planned that will include a number of exercise related activities. 
I think it's really important to recognise the progress the medical schools have made to address this. We were delighted to see and hear that the movement for movement resources were being used so comprehensively at Lancaster and that other medical schools are starting to develop some PA resources too. Alice, what are UAA's aspirations on physical activity in the curriculum? Yes, physical activity needs to become fully embedded within our curricula and our culture. We have a strong track record of working across health disciplines and are keen to take an interdisciplinary approach to physical activity. We look forward to collaborative discussions with colleagues in the Faculty of Medicine and Health Sciences on how best to do this. Thank you, everybody, on behalf of the British Journal of Sports Medicine listeners and for all those uh, contributing today for their very valuable discussions and comments on physical activity in the curricula. As an associate editor of the British Journal of Sports Medicine and as part of the Commission for um, Public Health England and Sports England, we are absolutely thrilled that the university schools of medicine and health in England are committed to improving the curricula around exercise and health, as this can only benefit our patient care. Indeed, UEA, Plymouth are making physical activity count in the curricula of tomorrow's doctors and allied health professionals. And for that, we thank them all for sharing their thoughts and insights today. We look forward to the action plans and also the evaluation of the Commission and the work by the School of Sport, Exercise and Health Sciences in Loughborough as part of the Public Health England work on moving professionals. For more information on this project or any of the work of the Commission in, in England, please contact Public Health England or Anne Gates at Exercise Works. Thank you everybody for your contributions today. Thank you.